Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we have fellow podcaster Dan Hummiston from MJ Bulls on. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Miggy, Tom, what is happening? Hey, don't forget to like this if this is the first time ever tuning in. You'll get a whole bunch of these in your uh, LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, in your um, YouTube feed. But I had something awesome come up today, which was great, because yesterday something terrible came up. Do you guys see that quick video we did yesterday about the uh, congressional... <laughs> Uh, but no, there wasn't congressional budget. Trump's budget came yeah, out. They, they, they took out the uh, protections for medical cannabis, which have been there for about the past five years. But today we got this news from Illinois where they're trying to do this new bill. Uh, it's called HB 4706. And you can support this. Uh, and if you go to the description section below, it's actually already there. It's a link to this. And then they have a normal thing. It makes it really easy for you to submit to your state legislature that you support it. But this bill helps with the cannabis consumption lounges. And it gives uh, cannabis consumption lounges essentially to be somewhat like bars, in which the sense that liquor licenses for bars are awarded by the municipality and allows municipalities in Illinois to start doing the exact same thing. You know, uh, license or regulate businesses operating as a public accommodation that permit the consumption of cannabis on the business premises and that are not regulated under the Cannabis Control Act. So please support House Bill 4706 in Illinois. Go to uh, the description section, click on this link right here, and you can very quickly do some activism to help Illinois have cannabis bars. That would be pretty awesome. Do you guys have any indoor smoking rules? Yeah, we have the Smoke Free Act for Illinois. Uh, and so that there are just very, very small exceptions to the Smoke Free Act. And what's one of the reasons why the, the tobacco uh, retailers had that little caveat in the original. Uh, well, it wasn't in the original. It, originally, they implied this type of formula or, or not form 
this specific language in 4706 that was implied in a very abstract uh, social use from the uh, actual first draft of the CRTA, the Cannabis Regulation Tax Act. And then a trailer bill came along uh, in late November, early December that really walked back the rights of the cities to have these cannabis bars. And now with this one, it looks like they're trying to uh, really allow municipalities to license the equivalent of uh, a bar, but for cannabis. I really hope it, it comes through. You know, in Washington, in the early days when when, when uh, we had markets, uh, yeah, you'd just be smoking outside. Well, farmers' markets, dude, sampling apples and joints. It worked its way there slowly because at first they were just only dabs because it was a concentrate and it was being high heat vapors, and so they're like, "Look, it's not smoke, it's vapors," and so that's their workaround. You know, uh, to, for instance, their workaround was, no, nah, yeah, bro, we're just doing dabs. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then they kind of uh, evolved into, you know, people were just smoking flour inside these places because they weren't getting fucked with with the uh, the dab stuff. So I really hope you guys passed that one, man. Oh, me too. And I'm glad that it's already been introduced, to be honest. I mean, that's one of the things that, again, this law is brand new. It just was passed last May 31st, less than uh, a year ago. And I cannot tell you, like, I was looking at something. I'm like, man, that had to be like, that was four months ago. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. This, this cannabis stuff just is, it, it really is like aging in dog years because so much stuff to get done. And then you have these crunch deadlines. And so the next crunch deadlines, March 13th for my clients watching at home. We are not waiting until Monday the 16th. Uh, we're going to get it all done by the 13th so that we can have, um, you know, the Ides of March. We can celebrate like a good normal person. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Oh, no, I was just saying, it's nice to see Illinois being proactive and not just being proactive as far as regulation goes, but proactive for the consumers. Whereas here in Washington State, uh, Washington Homegrown Bill might be stalled again this fucking year. I I just don't. These politicians and their fear mongering and their their safe bets as far as like, hey, if we just like let the bill go a little way and then not push it through. So so we're going to appease you a little bit. But I was thinking the other day. These safe politicians, these people who take the safe bet, like all the Democrats right now fighting over like we want a moderate. Fuck that. That's that's how you get prohibition. That's how you, you see get Bernie last night. See what Bernie was doing last night. No, I, I please you didn't, see, you didn't see the uh, New Hampshire primary results. I'm still waiting for like the the, the last the two Iowa results. It's still too many people for me to. Though I am standing well, for to like Buttigieg and Sanders right now, with Amy Klobuchar being a small dark horse, but I don't think that she's going to be able to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm Team Bernie always because I was. Uh, I campaigned. I helped him like the first time, uh-huh. and and then after the Democrats shot so the like party, 1986, then right? Yeah, yeah. Back when I had black hair and hair on top. Oh yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, have that yeah. Problem. It just does seem like a fucking long time. Like 2020 seems like. 10 years already right yeah yeah and it's it's april april the tw- i know it's not april it's february 12th i just think it's april uh from from the lack of sleeping and all the work but uh the applications are coming together and they look like they're a good cohort of people and we'll just keep putting them together and putting them together and then you submit them to the state yeah. uh so well, yeah another we, month of grinding you guys, you guys also have i mean besides the proactive uh, constituents for consumers but your college thing Yeah, Illinois, and then not only that, the Department of Agriculture's put out uh, the application for the community colleges as well, and that's that one will open here uh, this spring and into summer. I want to say I haven't reviewed it specifically, but I'm like, oh, cool, 
after I'm done with this, I'll go look at that one. Um, so then there's going to be a lot of action in the state of Illinois for cannabis for 2020 and 2021, because you're going to get a lot of unhappy people that'll probably end up suing the state and trying to settle for a license. And so we're shaping up with that. We just uh, technically we did just sue uh, one of the municipalities in the state of Illinois. already. For the uh, the community college, so the community college is developing their own program too. Then, the community colleges have that's built into the statute. So oh, okay. Community college vocational program, and then trying to pair a lot of the cannabis license holders with these community colleges to train because grower talent is going to be in ex- exceedingly short supply, and mm-hmm. uh, growing is hard. And then growing really high quality cannabis consistently is really hard. And so I'm always impressed. You know, this weekend, I got to go to that thing in Peoria where uh, I spoke with it was Jihan Gordon uh, organized mm-hmm. it. I spoke with uh, Ron and Kareem that have set up a cannabis consultancy from uh, Springfield. So they're, they're lobbyists that have done it. And it was just just fascinating to you know get together afterwards and have the smoke session with uh, the people that know what they're doing. And then you're just like, oh, man, that is delicious. How do you do this? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, well, you know, just the fact, too, that they are incorporating classes into your like an educational system for yeah. this one industry because it's it's community college how old are you at community college well it's not just that here in washington state uh what we offer is a certificate that you can get through our community college mm-hmm. that makes you a now medical bud tenor which i mean it's all stroking circle jerk fucking well ours isn't that but ours has the problem where you have to be 21 to be able to engage in it and so if you're in community college, you're probably 18 or 19, you know, That's true. Uh, which is funny. But then, uh, I mean, imagine like you're going to major in brewing or something and, and you're, you're 18. How can you tell what you're doing is any good? Well, <laughs> again, now this is all in chemistry and for science because we, oh, we, sure. we do science here. Yeah, there, There's going to be no uh, sampling of their wares at all. It was all for science. I'm just saying, man, you know, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, it's okay. My teacher said it was my homework. But I'm just, you're not 21. You're not 21, so you can't. Yeah. So in uh, also in other state news, um, I'm going to be putting out another article in Cannabis Legalization News for uh, Idaho. They are still right. having to fight 30th for all their uh, signatures and then, they'll you know, for medical. So Idaho is the next step. And, you know, if you think about it, they're surrounded. Uh, Sarah Frank, the activist who's, who's based out of there, she calls Idaho a uh, prohibition island, which makes yeah. sense. I mean, if Idaho yeah. goes, I mean, like it's that's the beginning of the end. Like Idaho getting e- any decrim? Does Idaho even have decrim? I Nothing. doubt it. No, so, Idaho is scary as fuck. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Idaho is scary as fuck. As soon as I cross that border, my ass puckers, and I start thinking, okay, where can I put this if I get pulled over? I'll tell you where you can put it. I'm just saying I do too, but I yeah. don't want to. You can go to the Fish concert. They're playing in Noblesville, Indiana this August. And uh, there's still a couple of seats for that magical Sunday show. Uh, these ones are 155. Those are 244. I'm not sure if I'm going to go that, but uh, I, I might try to hit uh, that Fish show on Sunday, August I, 9th. How come all the fucking hippie bands are so fucking expensive, man? I remember when the Dead were still around; it'd be like a hundred oh, bucks. The dead are still tickets. around. They got John Mayer playing with them now. Oh yeah, well, I'm just saying. When I was younger and Jerry was alive, it was still expensive. Like I, we're hippies. I can't believe. Did you see any Dead shows when Jerry was alive? That was 25 years ago that he died. I did. I did. I saw him uh, in Philadelphia, and then the second time I was going to see him, uh, that's when he died. It was very sad. Oh. Like I had tickets and everything. So, so 95. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Well, dude, somebody asked me how old I was the other day. I said 46, and she kind of like double looked. I, like, I smoke a lot of weed. I smoke a lot of weed. Keeps you young. Yeah. Preserves you. <laughs> Another nice thing that happened, though, we did that story yesterday about the Trump budget, and then immediately the next day, uh, pro-Trump lawmaker, Congress will ignore president's push to end medical marijuana protection. So that's great. This is a, a rep from Florida, Matt Gates. So um, at okay. least what he put out the next day was immediately put down. And of course, Florida has a very vibrant medical cannabis market. Well, they call it marijuana down there, but yeah. um, at least right. it wasn't going anywhere. However, then when people always say that Trump will sign it, if you gave it to him, it's like, well, if he signed it, why did his budget include repealing the protections against the war on medical bar- uh, marijuana patients? Well, let's not forget also the letter that was sent out for, to the WHO organization. I mean, it just seems like we're having revamped uh, a war on drugs just for against marijuana through Trump's organization. The guy who said states' rights. States' rights. That's right. And then, well, his administration isn't him. I have no idea how much awareness he has of it. But at the same time, um, I, I, I don't good. know where that dude not is, good. period. But um, I'm just saying it just seems like a, there's a collective effort right now to, to, to suppress what we already had. You know, they're trying to put the- Illinois. Illinois, there's a collective <laughs> effort to have bars where we, like because that smoke sesh wouldn't have had to have been in my kitchen, which would have been great. Like it would have been like, come on, let's go down to the spot and then bang. And you just well, start rolling up joints because like that's the thing. You're not allowed to buy there. So it's fascinating that the, the cannabis legalization is going to result in bars or lounges where you can bring your cannabis and smoke it, but you can't buy it there. That's going to be wild. Just to be a BYOB type, uh, you know, bring your bottle type stuff. But it just seems to me that there is that a revamped uh, effort against on the federal level. I mean, just like with the uh, the Safe Banking Act. Right. I mean, they're putting lives at risk in, in one week. This is my local area. Well, not down my street, but in my state. And then in Michigan, you have another break in uh, uh, with, with guns involved. Uh, and then two the- break ins in a week in two different yeah. states, Michigan and in Washington. Hope uh, we've had a break in. We've had a we'd have we had theft at a dispensary in the Chicagoland area, but that looks like it's internal. Most of the time, it is internal theft. Yeah. However, it, it yeah, it's all your cash, yeah. and that's where the weed is. And so, if you don't get cash, maybe you'll get weed, and you can turn that into cash. But um, it's a win-win if you're a bad guy, essentially. Not real. I mean, like the the, the security requirements they put onto uh, the medical or now the adult use cannabis in Illinois, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it'd be like trying to rob a casino. Nice. Uh, I don't think you're going to get that far. Well, and, then, and that's good. I understand um, that need. Uh, you know, you don't have to have a security guy all the time, but at least have the. Um, I guess not easy access for someone to just pull a gun and be like, give me everything you got. You know, uh, there are barriers in some places here where you have to get buzzed in to come in. Um, so, so I imagine there are protections you can take, but not every place here has a, a security guard on hand because that's just another person you got to pay. Um, it kind of evolved that way because when it was medical, there was always a security guy. And then I think it's just kind of the culture and the attitude where it's like, well, now you're just like the liquor store. The liquor store doesn't have a fucking security guard, you know? Yeah, but the liquor store could take credit cards. Yeah, well, that's that's now we're talking about and liquor is hard to make out with. I mean, like fifth or like a handle of vodka that's heavy. You know, you get like six of those, but you can get like a couple of pounds of weed, and that's that's worth a lot of money. 
So you never done a beer run with two 12 packs in each hand? I'm just well, saying. come on. Yeah, but two 12 <laughs> All right. So you got two 30 packs. Like, you know, the, the robbers really have a maximum capacity that they can walk out of there with, as opposed to like this, just making a haul of pounds of weed. But um, it's a good point. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, either way, it's just, it's just our perceptions and everything else are just not where it should be, you know, and that's to blame on pro-Russian. Uh, you know, like with uh, the guy you're talking about there, Buttigieg? Buttigieg. Yeah. yeah, the celeb stoner came out and said, you know, arrest skyrocketed under his fucking uh, mayor as a, a, you know, pot arrest. I don't think Buttigieg has ever smoked weed. No, but I don't think he's ever stopped people from going to jail for it either. Well, that sucks. That's almost worse. Just like uh, old Bloomberg there. Old Bloomberg. Yeah, I think that if there was one other winner yesterday besides Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg, it was Bloomberg because, you know, if you have if, if it becomes a Sanders uh, Trump and then uh, Bloomberg, you know, three way race. I, I don't know. I think like the Bernie Sanders and the Donald Trump people, they're so fanatic for. Oh, their you so, so you didn't hear Bloomberg's uh, um, leaked audio? No. He's talking about the stop and frisk, and one of the things he talked about was, you know, we uh, we put more cops into the minority neighborhoods because that's where the crime happens. And then, you know, people come at me and say, oh, well, um, we're just arresting kids with marijuana. I mean, he literally said you're arresting kids for marijuana and then brushed it off because, well, we're stopping guns, even though 80 percent of those cases were found innocent. But, you know, we should also bring on our guest, too, so he can rant with us. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dan, what's going on? Hey guys, can hey, you talk a little bit about MJ Bulls Media? Sure, sure. I was I was interested enjoying your conversation earlier. How's what do you guys want to know? How long what, have you guys been around? Well, I started in uh, the summer of 2018, mm-hmm. and it started with a just a simple podcast to keep me busy, and it kind of blew up on me, and now we're up to. We have six shows going now, and we're we're looking at working on two new ones. So it's been hit more than it's keeping me busy now. Wow, that's really amazing. So what's uh, MJ Bulls? Is the is that the marquee one, or is that the first one you started? Yeah, I actually started with MJ Bulls, and then I transitioned it to we we changed the name of that show to Raising Cannabis Capital because that's really what that show is about. It was just helping people that in the cannabis industry raise raise money. And, no, I thought it was about stocks with the name like bulls. I'm thinking like markets, like, yeah. oh, here's your stock tip for Cresco. Don't forget to fade it after it hits this resistance level. Yeah. That's well, that's you actually, you know, you hit, you make a good point. When we, when the, the name actually was, because it was a bull market back then, everything was, was charging. And unfortunately, that's changed a little bit over the last six or eight months. But yeah. I think it's going to be back. I think it'll be yeah. back. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be back. But if you look at the, the EPS on all these publicly, publicly traded i'm sorry for those people that are watching at home you, you can see me doing the air quotes so for those people listening on the podcast there you can't you can't see air quotes when you're listening on a podcast but the publicly traded doesn't necessarily mean that they're publicly traded they're on the they call the pink sheets they're over the counter so there's more relaxed rules it's a little bit more opaque when you're looking through their um you know financial statements like their uh, statement of cash flows and whatnot but all of them are losing money and so you know what that means they have to do right Maggie? Sell land? No, they probably are <laughs> land poor. You'd have to raise capital, which oh, brings us back to, to Dan's program. So, what are some of the what are some of the top methods that uh, these marijuana companies use to raise capital? 
Well, most of the companies that we have aren't aren't public. We have we've had a few, but the majority of the companies are usually in their seed rounds or their or their Series A's, and they're just you know they're looking for either an angel investor or or some of the venture venture groups that are out there. But that's that's just, it's typically what most of the guests on our show are. And then you have like a, a network, right? It's, it's, is that what you're trying to create with the, your, the MJ Bulls? It's a network of casts. Because how many, how many shows do you have on there? Yeah, we have six right now. And we're at, like I said, we're working on two new ones. And that, you know, that's essentially what we're doing. We're just building a network of cannabis shows. And, you know, this is one of the challenges, as you guys know, is that it's really difficult to advertise in for people yeah. to advertise to cannabis customers and oh, or cannabis wow. consumers. It's almost impossible podcasting is one way to do it. And I think that, you know, if we could put together a pretty good stable of shows, we would have, you know, we'd be able to take that to once mainstream marketing starts coming in and starts embracing it, you know, it's going to happen. Right. You know, well, kind of already is. I mean, if you can get into like uh, iHeartRadio or Sirius, because I know uh, Time for Hemp was picked up by uh, iHeart years ago. But uh, um, do you reach out to like other uh, networks like the... Um, uh, like the cannabis net, uh, radio news networks and all those guys too, to kind of like no. get talent. No. Yeah, no, no, we're just like right now I said, we're just trying to stay, stay within our lane and just focusing on the, you know, what producing our own shows. A couple of people have been interested in bringing up, coming over and being on our, you know, our network. But for the most part, we're just focusing on doing our own shows. And when people come to me with an idea or come with our group with an idea, we, we, we look at it and say, you know what? doesn't really fit with what we're doing or yeah, that's going to, that would work great. We, we try, and we try to be more niched. We try not to get, you know, we try not to be something for everybody on every show. We try to keep it pretty niche for each show. Yeah. Well, that's what we kind of found here. It's on Wednesdays. We try and do the business side of things. And then on Sundays, and then of course, you know, with activists or even just people like, uh, Keith drop or uh, or Danny Danko we're like we're like okay today you want to do it we're, we're on it but you know we yeah. try to be that consistency like I was telling you before where every Wednesday we do a show and then on Sundays we you know the time frame on Sundays is flexible but we try and have content out right it's all about content at that point yeah and then I try to do uh, bits but then the problem with me doing bits is like after this uh, this compression window of uh, the applications are behind me I can actually then have time because like People will text me like, hey, you want to go have fun? I'm like, yeah. Um, can you get back to me in like March 16th? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, one of the things that we do on our podcast is I use uh, or we use Buzzsprout to host it. And that kind of pushes it to Apple, Spotify, Google. We tried to get on iHeart. I'm not sure if we are. And then tune in Alexa and then all these other ones, CastBox, Overcast, Stitcher, of course. Do you guys have a hosting service that you use for your podcast? Yeah, we work with Simplecast. I started off with 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 Libsyn, and mm-hmm. then we switched we switched to Simplecast a little while ago. And yeah, it's same type same type of thing. It just yeah. helps you helps you spread it out because that's a lot of you need a lot of bandwidth in order to manage all the yeah yeah so people well, can listen to your shows. So that's why we you know it's, it makes a lot more sense doing it that way. It's a good yeah. to have one central point to do a post and then it blasts it everywhere, kind of like with the influencers. Where like I know there's other programs out there who one personal nick one post you see it on twitter facebook and instagram all at the same time uh i've never been that advanced and so when i have one thought i gotta post it three times if i really <laughs> think it's important but uh yeah oh no, it's great yeah that's i mean that's and that's i think that's what we're all t- the challenge we all face right now is you know we're trying to 
breaking. I, th- I think with podcasting, even though it's been around for a long time, I don't, I still don't think it's it's nearly anywhere near where it's going to be. I think we're. I really feel like we're just at the beginning of it. And so I you don't take. Know. You don't think we're we have one for crying out loud, but uh, at the same time, that could be like a sign that it's at maximum saturation. And then, of course, the the past season of South Park, they're making fun of like cannabis companies that have podcasts. And I'm like, they're making fun of me. They're making fun of me. (laughs) I didn't see that episode. That's classic. It was great. Like Randy and Towley are sitting there like rolling joints on the. Hey, man, you know, come in and exit the podcast. And like the cops come in and arrest him. It's great. There was a Cohen, there was a Cohen O'Brien episode or a skit yesterday where it was, have you tried CBD? It was no, a, 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 you could, you could pay. No, you could, they were raising money or you could invest in a company that was called, have you tried CBD? And the only thing you, the only thing it sold was asking people if they tried CBD and you got like cue cards. Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, because, because that's the only way that so many people would come up with, it had to be a company out there that came up with, have you tried CBD? Because, Everybody ask you that question. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to start a uh, the best CBD Bitcoin company one day. No, please don't. <laughs> please do not. <laughs> if you would, if you do, make sure you start a podcast to market it. There you, go. <laughs> well, you know, the podcast is not going to be, uh, I don't think it's peaked out. You know, even because Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was talking about how he's going to have one on Fox News. I'm pretty sure we're at peak podcast right now. Yeah, no, when grandpas kill your the thing that you like, that, that might be a thing. But, I mean, all those douches are doing their own podcast. Uh, uh, Rudy has his after the the, the hearings. So was uh, Ted Cruz, right? Uh, I mean, but, again, for the cannabis type of things, it comes down to quality of content, right? I think we offer pretty good quality because Tom and I have been fighting for this goddamn plant for – I have been doing it for more than half my life, uh, and I know Tom. Yeah, I've been doing it for half my well, life. Yeah, uh, so I guess, for ten years. I guess the advocacy, like back in the, the late '90s when I started, was not quite where it is now because it was just completely illegal. But yeah. then by 2010, then yeah, since then I've been uh, trying to fight. Of course, then I had to become a bank lawyer for about eight years. So um, it, it's taken a while to get all the way back to here. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if what's better an engagement in our channel are these long form podcasts or it's when you take uh, concepts like one of the things because you just started doing your own thing. And I'm like, hey, and then uh, you're not in on our weekly stand ups for, for the team because you're a volunteer and it's also two hours different. So you'd be like 6 a.m. your time. And yeah. uh, uh, one of the things that I wanted to script this week to get out, because I think it would play well with our audience and it, it, I can do it because I, I know enough about the cannabis plant, but you would do like, you know, the top 10 terpenes and you would go through the terpenes, how to pronounce it. How to, what does it smell like? Is this is one of the ones that dogs smell like, and here are three or four benefits that they say that they're for. And then by the time you've gone through those eight or nine uh, main terpenes, you've probably ticked off about like six, seven minutes. And you do your little bumper at the start. It's like, hey, you ever heard about terpenes? Well, hey, you come to the right place. And then you do that little, uh, hang on, I'm going to do it right now. And one of the fun things about having a live show. Wasn't that great? But uh, and you do that to kind of like start off the show explain what you're doing, and then you tell them, oh, thank you so much for sticking around. And now we're going to give away something. Who wants a book? You see, and then uh, you can do all those types of wonderful, wonderful trickery gimmicks. And and it, and it works. People will give you a thumbs up. People uh, share the stuff, especially if you make it about 10 minutes or less, mildly humorous and informative. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dan, so... Um... How are, are people making a living off your podcast, like in your network? 
I the, the, I wouldn't say the podcasters are making a living yet. I mean, we're, they're, we're, we're, we're starting to make some sales, but I think where the real, where the real opportunity is, if, you know, going back to where you guys were talking about is I do think there's, we're getting close to the point where there's an, an uh, podcasting saturation, but I think we're a long way away from a point where we have listener saturation. Uh, I think, I think the listener aspect of this, of this business is just at the beginning. And a lot of people that you never, ever would even consider listening to podcasts will say, Oh, you know, I was listening to business works or business wars, or I was listening to Joe Rogan or I was listening to cannabis legalization news and cannabis legalization news. And I think that's, and I think that's the beginning of it. When that starts to happen, then, you know, more companies like zip recruiter or bank of America, or these type of people are going to be like, Oh, you know what? I'd like to touch all the cannabis customers. Yeah. I don't know how to get to them. I want to try Google, try to Google. No, that didn't, that Google's not going to work for you. How about Facebook? Oh, Facebook's not going to work for you. Eventually they're going to work their way to, to, to the podcast the influencers. Yeah. Yep. And that's where I think, and that's where I think the opportunity is. So I think I wouldn't be too worried about the number of podcasts out there. I would be more focused on the number of listeners. And I think that's where, where the opportunity is. Yeah, my goal is to uh, one day have this at the end say, brought to you by Jack in the Box. Brought to you by <laughs> Jack in the Box? We can do better than that. I've never been to a Jack in the Box. Shame on you. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to stay fit. Uh, you know, I, I've gotten accustomed to being in good health. You're not American. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm a pot smoking, hippie, liberal, vegetarian, yoga doing schmuck. You know, and, and I'm not a representative candidate of the America. And, uh, and I feel terrible about it. Yeah. You could, you could, maybe it'll be brought to you by Lululemon for your, for oh, your you oh, you <laughs> Hey everybody. Do you want your butt to look better? <laughs> Lululemon. Hey man. Right about a spandex. Well, you know who uh, Joe Rogan's first uh, sponsor was? Oh gosh. No. Was it a CBD company? It was Fleshlight. Fleshlight. Hey everybody. You trying to jerk off, but you don't want to use your hand. Hey. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> uh, I did not know that was Joe Rogan's first sponsor. Oh yeah, he talks about it all the time. Like I do listen to his ass. Um, and well, I, I kind of like how we don't have sponsors. So like in the middle of the show, we're not like brought to you by Morgan Stanley Investments. Do you want some investments? Morgan Stanley has all the investments you need. Shit. Well, there, there's pre rolls and stuff like that in YouTube that you can monetize on later, but. Um, no, I'm sure like if you're not watching this with uh, YouTube plus, then you're getting a vi- you're getting an advertisement every 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 And, and by the way, it's worth the investment for YouTube plus. So. Oh, absolutely. You get YouTube, oh, you get, no, uh, no. you get YouTube live, uh, like, so YouTube music, and then you also get like YouTube live music. It's fascinating, especially if you really know. enjoy like the Grateful Dead or fish yeah. or something. You get like literally every show that's, that's out there. Damn, we Tommy- I'm in Colorado. I was going to say, Tom, before I forget, you should, we should get you on the, um, the deadhead cannabis show. Oh, nice. You got a, one of your fellow, um, counselors, uh, we have a, an attorney from from Chicago, Chicago, Larry, Larry, Michigan. Oh, Larry's uh, on that show. I haven't seen Larry since uh, last April. We were on a panel together in Chicago and, yeah. uh, yeah, Larry's at the Hoban law group. I, I, good guy. Yeah, Larry and uh, Jim Marty is a CPA in Colorado, cool. and they are they are huge deadheads, and they do a show every week about what concerts they've seen that last week, and then they bring on a guest to talk some cannabis. But it's it's a it's it's pretty laid back show, but it's mostly about jam bands. So yeah. I I saw your earlier looking at the fish availability. That's right. That's right. Well, Noble Indiana. 
Well, they had they had, they had the, the the guys who made the Santa the um the hemp yeah producers on there. Yeah, those guys are good guys. They they recaptured plastic out of the oceans and they make the the packaging out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty clever idea. It's working well. I had a guest on the other day, um, Ocean Cannabis. They're not there. I think they're scheduled. For, they're called Ocean Cannabis. They're a, a um, company out of someplace in in California. And they're use they're using all their packaging. It's like everybody I run into now is starting to use their packaging. And you know who else is using their packaging? Um, Mickey Hart. Oh, uh, it's got his own label of cannabis. Yeah, it's called um, Mind Your Mind Your Something or Other. It's on our and uh, and and he's and they're getting all their packaging from Santa Packaging. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and we had him on the show. Uh, I think a couple months ago. Uh, but uh, I just I'm really impressed by the product like that whole hemp and recycle thing because uh, we have a big, big issue here in washington there's so much waste yeah same with the vape cartridges those waste uh things are the most difficult that i think so like i think it's strange that you guys aren't allowed to recycle your plastic and i still think that the hemp plastics that can actually self-recycle or at least biodegrade it's a form of recycling right uh they are still years out into the future because the supply chains that we need to develop those types of hemp plastics aren't there and they cost a lot of money and investment dollars and unless somebody's going to come in and step in and say like hey we're growing this hemp not just for have you tried cbd but uh, for industrial applications and clothing and, and plastic that is that's in its infancy you know yeah yeah Dan, what what's your guys' schedule like over there in uh, MJ Bull? Is there a, a every yeah. day? Just uh, not quite. Monday Mondays is Deadhead Cannabis Show. Wednesdays Hemp Barons. Thursdays Raising Cannabis Capital, and Sundays are Raising Cannabis Capital. And then every occasionally on uh, Tuesdays we have Love and Cannabis, which is an, probably an every other week show. And um, Cannabis Crowdfunding is one of our new shows, and that's on every Friday. So, yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's there's a lot of lot lot of moving parts over here, and uh, but you know, most of the people that do the shows, they they you know they're they're all ready to go when we get when we get them lined up and they're all ready to go and then we just take over from there. So it's it's getting a lot a lot easier. In the beginning, it was a we you know we did we we had to do a lot of handholding, but now it's you know it's really once once they're up and running, they're usually pretty good. Yeah, it's always fun when we have guests on and they're like, okay, so when do you record this, I go, oh, we don't. <laughs> well, I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. I was, I mean, I wasn't 100 sure. I would have, and I, I apologize. I didn't send out any of the social media stuff because I'm like, well, I have time. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, and, I, and I, I, I've hired out for that. Uh, Lauren is great. She's our producer, and she'll send it out to the social media. And I'm like, oh crap, I should share, 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 share. You know, and then I'll, I'll try to put it up on LinkedIn or something real quick. But um, uh, I'll, it'll be easier for me to do a lot more of this advertising stuff after March 16th when the application season is behind us. And then it's, uh, you know, plan out how we're going to do the content strategy for the summer. Yeah. And then get into a, a, a more reasonably priced office, maybe more reasonably priced office, perhaps. But like, <laughs> uh, have you ever I've noticed, though, that this this uh, cannabis podcast and this cannabis YouTube channel have been uh, my main this and then Google search have been my main uh, marketing uh, out of uh, everything that we can do here because of how difficult it is to buy ads from any provider on the internet or even on television about cannabis. How have you used your uh, podcast or seen it work for marketing? Well, you mean as far as how do I get 
how do we attract um have you seen like some of uh, either your business or your guest business benefit from uh the podcast oh yeah and that's I guess, I guess probably the easiest example would be the Raising Cannabis Capital show because a lot of those, a lot of those customers, or I should say customers, a lot of those guests, they're all actively searching for something. Usually it's cash. And so many times they'll follow back with me and be like, thanks so much for being on your show. After your show, I got a call from so-and-so and we closed the deal. And so you know it's happening. And that's what's the, it's, it's, it's a, uh, there's a lot of satisfaction involved when, when, you know, it works for one of your guests. <laughs> yeah. So are these guests, are they throwing you pitch ideas and then saying, Hey man, I got a great uh, idea for CBD uh, dog treats. And then can I come on your show? And then is, is that what you're doing or? Nah. Yeah. I guess that happens sometimes, but no, most, it depends on, <laughs> it depends on the, you get, sometimes you just get people just like, I want to be on a show. Uh, we can do anything. We can talk about anything. And I'm like, eh, you know what? We, we are oh, pretty tight. Yeah. We're pretty tight on our niches. So like if, um, so when we get an application, we'll, it depends on, on what show that they, they would fit into. And then we determine whether or not they, we should even, I should even forward it on to one of the hosts mm. because, because sometimes it's, it's just people looking to get to self promote. Uh, as far as the hemp Baron shows, those are all invite only. So anybody that's on that show gets invited and but the raising cannabis capital show or deadhead deadhead cannabis usually are invite only and um but raising cannabis capital we get a lot of in lot of interest you know people that want to so raise money want to raise money where do they touch the plant or do they touch the plant are they ancillary businesses are they license holders are they dispensaries all of the above all of the above i've had you've had people that gone from just concepts they haven't even they haven't even done anything yet. They just have a concept and they've applied. Or we've had people that are that have been in business for a really long time and are real profitable, and they're going into the, you're looking at their Series B round. And so we've had everybody in between. And again, most of the time, if we review them to make sure that they're they're legit, um, and we and we'll and we'll tee it up at the beginning of the show so that the right type of investors. You know, no, no, this is a show. This is a show for me, or this is a show that probably doesn't fit with my investment strategies. What type right. of investors are looking for a round B capital raise? Most those would be mostly to be the venture capital groups, you know, the, the bigger groups. And I, you know, I, I can't like we had a we had a series last, oh, was it not November, December, where we highlighted. 12 of the bigger or venture capital groups and cannabis investor capital groups, which is kind of an interesting show because it was right at that time where things were really tightening up. And so they were all talking about, you know, this, their strategies and because they have to raise capital too. these venture groups have the venture funds have to raise money just like, you know, everybody else. And then they have to manage that money and make sure they invested in. So it's, it's interesting, but I would say, uh, you know, we have that the combination of those people, and then we have the people that are just looking for you know smaller investments. The you know, you know they want to they want to get in on something for ten grand, mm. and they're looking for they're looking for those opportunities. Yeah, so that'd be more like a product guy, like sort of like I created this new pipe, and it's going to be you know because Tom and I talk about just coming into the cannabis industry, like touching a plant, you need big bucks. Period. Uh, yeah, I need luck with that license, but I think there's yeah. going to be a lot of opportunity for people looking to raise their capital. In Illinois, after those licenses are handed out, and it turns out to just be a, a mess. What you heard, luck. I said big bucks. 
with luck and big bucks. Yeah, I'm just saying that that the the bar is pretty high when you're touching a plant, but if you're like a, a pipe maker or something, um, it seems like I think that'd be more easier to like with a low end, you know, twenty k investment, whatever. I, you know, we've had some companies that just bootstrapped it all the way until their until their Series A round, and it's been, you know, and you got you got to give them credit. I mean, they just or there's some tech companies that are doing some tech applications that, you know, they just bootstrapped it right from the beginning, and and um, you know, that it's it, it all depends. Some people used a lot of family money, or they used they they pooled all their friends and they they raised some money to get it going, and then, you know, they got a concept in place, or they put together enough enough of a concept that they could raise some angel angel funding and then from there they you know they got it going and it's it's just business i mean at the end of the day that's all it is it's business and some and uh, it's fun when it's fun doing the show because i i get some people that are really experienced and sophisticated and have some in in, in you and you you follow their mind you can you can watch their mind go through the 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 interview and then you have other people that are all over the board all over the board they, 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 and you try to keep them tight within their little within uh, you know what, what they're doing as opposed to wandering off into six or seven other other ideas and you can't and you can't stop them they, it's like i do that like <laughs> tom's like you lost me Miggy. i'm just like i do that i start from over here and i wake up over here well, it's okay. It's okay unless if you're trying to raise money, because when you're trying to raise money, you, you kind of got to stick to what your you know your business model yeah. versus oh, and we could also do this, and we might be doing this, and we could do this. So we try to keep them. We try to pre before each show, we go th- we 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 work with the person for quite a while on you know in the pre-interview to kind of make sure that we're tight on the answers and the questions. Well, that's one of the reasons why I haven't asked for money from anybody or anything. Like because what I've been doing is just activism. Like like this with me and Tom, it's an accident. Like this shit shouldn't have happened. Like I was, I should have just be pissing off cops and, and other people online, but uh, <laughs> you know, it just kind of how it worked kind of evolved into this. Now. I mean, it was, a yeah, bit- I was not going to rush Limbaugh myself. Be like, I'm now going to talk by myself for the next three hours. What, 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 what is wrong with this country? No, I, <laughs> I was like, nah, it's not hot right now. We need like a conversation. Mickey, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> we both have the knowledge base and 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 uh, I guess the uh, the passion for what this plant has been through. That I want to just be on the writing side, you know, behind the camera, not in front of the camera. But um, it's fine. I mean, it's you know, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube, and that's where I hope our federal government realizes too when it comes to this goddamn legalization topic. You know, yeah. their budget. You know, when I, when I first started, that was one of the things that I, you know, every interview that I had, I would be like, look at, there's all these pieces are in place except for the businesses. That's the problem in, in when, and I think when you get the businesses and people making money and they're making investments into this industry, that's the part, that's the final, the final straw on the camel's back. They won't be able to stop it once that happens, but until there's businesses making money and, and people investing in those businesses, they could always try to put the tooth, the toothpaste back in the tube, but I think it's going to be really challenging now, especially with with so many people are invested in this industry now. Yeah. That's where that's where the challenge is going to be. Like it's the, the number of jobs like doubled in the past two years or so. Now it's like over two hundred thirty thousand people have jobs in the cannabis industry, and then every, every it keeps growing at approximately thirty percent a year, and it just has to get to a point where there's just too much cash in it that they can finally then buy those congressmen 
and they cannot get the Safe Banking Act obliterated. And I realize like buying congressmen is just a little bit crude and glib, but look at what congressmen do. They, they raise all this money so they can go to Washington, D.C. and change things. And they spend all their time calling rich people and asking them for money because, oh, my gosh, you got a primary challenger. And, oh, my gosh, you got an election this November. We got to stop yeah. that other guy. And, yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it just like uh, and back to your point with the business and, and if business, uh, the infrastructure becomes so big again, like with what during the, um, the Wall Street days when it was too big to fill. Right. Cannabis yeah. eventually be so big. Um, you know, it's not just the business aspect. It's also in normal. They just put out this study that says medical cannabis access, you know, uh, workers comps are lower. So states that have medical cannabis are lower. Now, part of my thinking on that one is uh, when I used to get hurt in a job, and I consumed cannabis in an illegal state. I wasn't saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, business owners pass cannabis legalization in your state to save on your workers comp premiums. But I mean, there's other things like the cannabis legalization has reduced the opioids in states that are they're legal. Um, it's reduced alcohol rates. Uh, there's a you know a whole benefit to the society in the state that it's legal in. Dan, in, in Colorado, are you from Colorado? Have you seen like an evolution? Uh, actually, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Oh, right. On. I moved. Yeah, I moved out here. I moved out here two years ago, and um, so no, so I was. Uh, but in Buffalo, New York, I haven't seen. I didn't see the. You know, there hasn't been that big of a change because New York is such a is, is so backwards. I mean, it yeah. is just I mean, we just we can't get anything right in the state of New York. Yeah. You guys <laughs> had stop and frisk a decade ago. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I applied for an application back when we and you're, you're almost, glad that we didn't get it. I was, you know, the. Oh, you would have gotten just think of because I, I tell that and I'm not the best salesman because I'll be more real and be like, OK, so if you win this, then it gets really expensive. If you thought the quotes that you're getting from these consultants and lawyers were expensive. No, 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 no. Wait until you win. Oh, and this especially New York is was probably the most the worst of all states, because when you won, you didn't get anything. You was like you you, you won nothing. <clears throat> Which is funny because you couldn't even open. You had like no business. It's like, yay, I own 40 <laughs> grand every two years. Yeah. And there's, and there's, and there's like two people, two doctors that have, that can, that can pres prescribe oh, yeah. cannabis and there were zero can, zero um, patients that could consume it. And you had to, oh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's going to, I, I, I hope that it improves, but yeah. So that's why I'm, I just don't understand. New York is so ass backwards. Being that one, High Times was based out of there, and 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 two, the LaGuardia Port came out of there. Like, yeah. there's an airport named after for there. seventy years. For Christ's sake, <laughs> you know. It's speaking of High Times. It's funny when we first when I first started. This is back in 2013, I think. We were I was working on the tr a trade show, and I went to their offices because I was like, guys, guys, we should do a trade. I you know we should do this together, and um. I met with um, Matt Stang, uh, and uh, we talked about it. And he said, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do." You know, so we never did anything. You know, like looking back on it, I was like, "Man, it would have been such a good idea to do the high times." But they had, you know, they had they had their they had all their their other events, but they didn't have a business event. Yeah, and uh, and they just didn't they didn't want to they didn't want to plagiarize the uh, the brand. I get it. And uh, but now it's like you look look forward. It would have been great. Well, we have an event here um, hosted by a magazine called MJ Venture. And uh, they do like a round robin rotating people, uh, mm -hmm. like a tech event. And I, I think that's a brilliant idea. 
Yeah, there's, you know, that's 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 where it's gonna you're gonna see that happening a lot. I think in the in the conference businesses, you're gonna see a lot of regional events that are creative and 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 I think that's really where the, the there's gonna be huge opportunities in that in that area. The the big national shows are challenging. Yeah, and they're probably also expensive. I mean, like, and you also mentioned shows. What is this Cannabis World Congress and Business Expo? That that's what I was just talking about. Yeah, that's a, so I started that in 2014. We did our first show in Las Vegas and um, at the Hard Rock, and then I did a show in Manhattan after that. So um, I'm not I'm not I don't I I sold most part of my ownership, and I'm not I don't I don't run it the day to day any longer. I'm in, I'm not involved in a day to day any on that show anymore. But uh, that's you know that really was what got my foot in the industry is is. Great shows. Or, yeah, putting those together, putting the I got I, mean, doing I probably got some clients from the trade shows that I did, but then one of the things that I like to do is uh see how big I can get this channel and then the following that I have, and then I'll be like, Oh no, no, I tell you what, I'll just promote you on the show. Come on, and then uh and then I'll get a free booth. That's, that's hey. one of the things that you like to do in the industry. Um yeah, the but, I get a lot of free shit, man. I, I would uh, uh be like, Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll write an article on you guys and I'd get free access to stuff. Oh man, I got I got taken to the cleaners on the first show we did because you know there wasn't this is in back in 2014, and to try to get legitimate speakers, I'm doing air quotes too in case yeah, legitimate speakers to leg- all the people listening. Leg- those are legit- the air quotes. Legitimate cannabis speakers in 2000 in June of 2014, <clears throat> and uh, they're like, oh yeah yeah we could do that. Um, you're gonna pre- give us provide us free rooms. I was like. Uh, uh, I guess, <laughs> and and it in a stipend. Uh, okay, oh, and geez. free joints, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so the first show I did, I I mean, we lost our ass on it because I had to give I gave all my speakers free rooms, and I gave them, and I and I paid them, and then I like, and then the next show we did, we we're like, oh, wait a minute, you you guys you guys aren't really, I you know I didn't know I didn't know because and, and now I do, and then the next show they're like. Oh, well, we're not getting free rooms. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not getting paid. No, but we but, but we can still speak, right? And I'm like, yeah, you can. So Ten it was like, minutes. actually, Ten they minutes. <laughs> they would have played me. They would have paid me if I would have. But who knew? Yeah. But anyhow, so yeah, How we did. You no, know? but that's one of the things. Like, I mean, you're giving these people an opportunity to uh, look as if they are an expert to a crowd of people, people, especially. Um, people that are trying to sell something will jump at that opportunity because it, it makes them more uh, credible. And so when they're making that sales pitch later for the $75,000 fully comprehensive application consulting package, uh, then, or maybe it's 150, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, th- that's, that's one of the things. It's like, oh, I heard you talk. Oh, did you? Oh, I've heard you on that internet thing you do. Oh, the internet, have you? Okay, yeah, yeah it's it's one of the this this is like some of the best marketing I do. And then people will be like, yeah, I saw that. That was fascinating how you described this. I'm like, thanks. Right. Oh, the the consultants were the they they made a killing at our shows. I mean, and they had lines out the door. I mean, yep. we 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 couldn't we couldn't we couldn't even seat everybody at the when the consultants and the well, consultants a lot of the people things. that are getting into the industry that really want into the industry have no clue how the industry works. But then, like you said, sure, it's business. That's true. It is. It's business, but it's a business that's been mostly illegal for a long time, and it's still all on cash. And then it's highly, highly regulated. And then once anybody finds out you're in it, they just start charging you more because they know that you're in cannabis. Yeah. 
I know. I know the first, again, back to being taken. I first time I was out in Colorado, this is back in 2012. I, I was trying to get as much information as I could. And I called this one guy and he said, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'll definitely talk to you. It's uh, $250 uh, to, for, for an hour to talk to me about, about the business. So I was like, okay. And he goes, and it has to be cash. <laughs> so I had, to stop at an, I had to stop at an ATM. I was in Denver. I had to stop at an ATM on the way to his office. And um, so now he wants, every once in a while, I'll run into this guy and he'll still laugh about it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's kind of weird though, because some people are worth that money though. Some people add value uh, to your thing. I'm not saying people. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he wasn't. I was just no, like, but you know, like the speaker. I do have an exact same thing. I had to put this up last year because I started getting just so many dar- darn calls that mine's $500. And then yeah. uh, very often I'll raise it to $750, uh, like right about now, because uh, in the last month, like if, if things are just moving so fast and I have so many things to concentrate on that if you don't, like just pay me $500, I'm sorry. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't get through. I mean, you're not going to get my attention. I, and then not only that, then I'm going to ask you for a lot more money. But at the same time, uh, it's it, it allowed me to like make an ask immediately to somebody because a lot of people are just calling to get information for free. Free information, yep. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, putting that there really helped me starting to qualify people that, you know, were actually more interested in paying this. And I'm like, look, guys, this is really expensive. I'm a lawyer. Very few lawyers know as much about business and cannabis as I do. Pay me $500 to sit down with me. Otherwise, you know, good luck. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah. That's, and I think that's, I think there are, there are people out there that are worth, like you said, more. I mean, you could, I mean, $500, I think is cheap to sit down with a cannabis lawyer because there are not that many that are actually know what they're, have experienced. Fascinatingly enough, I raised it to 750 in the month preceding the, uh, the dispensary applications for some reason, I think it's psychological. People have no problem spending 500, but if you raise it to 750, like 90%, like nobody bought it. It was amazing. And I was, it was great. Cause then I'm like really busy helping my like you know, six or seven teams get into their dispensary applications ready to go and it's submitted. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just drop it back down in January. Sold like 12 of them last month. Nice. Yeah. Jeez. That's a- <laughs> so is that, that is that, did you say there was, a, was there a book on that one too? Did, in that, in that picture that you showed, was there a book? No, this oh. is the book that, uh, this is how Miggy and oh. I met. Uh, I wrote oh. this about 10 years ago and uh, he was writing for the weed blog, I think back then, yeah. like Johnny Green and the weed blog reviewed the book and then he got it, a copy of it that way. And then uh, I started selling it and it was self-published and I'd sell, I'd sell out. So I think my first printing was like 200 and I sold that and I got like, another printing of like 200 or so and I sold that. But then I got hired by a bank law firm. 2011 and early 2011 so just a different climate especially in illinois of course and so they were they were very explicit that i was supposed to stop promoting this and if if you know again if anybody wants this please drop your name and your address in the comments i'll mail you out a copy of this book it's been 53 minutes so there's probably four people watching which is great (laughs) but then um yeah, so they told me to stop doing it. And then five years later, it was a headquartered out of Michigan. Uh, Michigan starts going legal and they're like, hmm, I think we need a cannabis section council. I'm like, oh, God. And so uh, uh, and that's when I started getting back into the publishing on not this. You know, it's, you sell one of those, you make maybe three, four dollars in profit. You sell, you know, a legal thing and it's just substantially more profitable for writing the same. And 
I got to sit here and spend the same amount of hours writing this or writing that. Writing that's way more uh, profitable. And then um, they're like, okay, let's do this cannabis uh, lawyering thing in 2016. I'm like, guys, do you have any idea where we would be if we wouldn't have stopped that stuff? Oh, man. Whatever. And so um, those were my first clients were banks and then explaining um, IRC 280E, safe and sound banking uh, for cannabis businesses. And and that's good because now, like a lot of my cannabis clients, they'd like a bank. Hey, Don, do you have any more of those uh, Satan Smoke books? No, I got to find out. Um, I got to find the publisher on that and like order more of those because those ones are the funnier art house version. Yeah, Dan, he wrote two books. Uh, the, the the one he had in his hand, I got the PDF version. I don't have a solid copy, but... Uh, I'll just mail this one to you. On his other one, though, I have an actual uh, signed copy of his other book. What's, uh, what's, what's the title of the book? Well, this one's the case of USB Yerbas. Interestingly enough, Amazon actually ripped it down, uh, which was oh. weird. Because like, even like from the used. And so like, because I hadn't tried to... And it was like print on demand, so... Evidently, they've also terminated that for somehow. But then, um, so there used to be like used books and you could buy it used and be like 50 bucks. I'm like, okay, cool. And now it's just gone. And so I'm like, really? You have to suppress, this is a threat to you, U.S. government. You have to suppress this? Come on. Jeez. How does that work? How does how does that work when they when they buy a book from you to on that print on demand? Do you, you get you get royalties on that? Yeah, but they're they're so small. I mean, like oh, you'd have to be selling like weight. I mean, like I'd sell maybe like a couple a year, and then I just I stop promoting it. So then you sell none. Yeah, you know? but yeah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, just, just like uh, YouTube links, you gotta sell a whole bunch. Dan, <laughs> 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 oh. thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where can we find and follow MJ Bulls Media? Uh, it's MJBulls.com. Real simple. All right, we'll make sure to find you guys and follow. There it is. There's the MJ Bulls for the Dead Ed Cannabis. That's the Dead Ed Cannabis show right there for you. MJBulls.com. And then there's your, and then if you scroll down, these are the, those are the recent episodes. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Those are this week's episodes. So you can see who's on our show. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure you tune in this Sunday. We're going to have a little deep dive into social equity in Illinois with some women from Illinois Women in Cannabis. Awesome. Tune into that. And make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Sunday. See you.